Hello, and welcome to the Super Professor Podcast. You're listening to Clemens Kunkel, a.k.a. Super Professor. And today I want to talk about another new theory of mine. Um, it's called B. B stands for the birth of everything again. Now, uh, to get a little bit of knowledge about my theories that I have out, I have a book on Amazon called Keys to Unlock in the Universe. Now, the reason I said keys to unlock the universe because I think I have the key. It's kind of like once you get in the door of a, a high-rise with the master key, you can go around and get into all the other room because you've got the master key. I think I have the master key that explains our universe. I have 42 empirical evidence. Everything I can say, I mean, everything I say, I can prove 42 times. It's kind of hard to do if you don't have a master key, but I got the master key. And if you get my book, you'll understand more. But I, And there's a couple of podcasts on here that I explain a couple of different theories. But today's theory is B, birth of everything again. Now, what is B? Well, you gotta. Let's gonna have to back up a little bit so you get a little bit of an understanding. My book says that there was a merging of two universes. There was one universe, and then there was another, and they joined, which created our one large universe that we have today. I'm not talking about our galaxy. There's roughly, uh, I'm giving you old information, 125 billion galaxies, and that was like 20 years ago. I think they switched that now to like 500 billion galaxies out there with trillions of stars in each galaxy. So our universe is very, very large. And it's getting larger. The universe expands at 1.3 miles a second in every megaparsec. So the universe is getting larger. Stars are being born and stars die. So our universe is growing and growing and growing. Now, what is B? Well, let's go with, um, what's a black hole? Now, a black hole, they, they, our Milky Way galaxy is held in place by a black hole. And most, not all, most galaxies have a black hole that they rotate around. Now, no one knows what happens to a black hole. It just always been here and always will be, maybe. But there. There is no explanation for what happens to a black hole. Now, you can have a million suns mass in that black hole. Nothing, you don't see any light from it. You see the emission burst from it. But it doesn't glow around it. You have jets top and bottom, but can't see nothing else because the gravity is so strong that the the light is bent back around because the light is considered a wave of particle and kinetic energy so light would go up and if it has enough gravity it's bent back around so you can't go past the event horizon because the light ray goes up and turns around and comes back down so you get no light from a black hole around it all right now let's do something simple I want you to work with me. My, my book and my theory says that there's other dimensions. I'm not talking about string theory. I'm not talking about M theory. I'm not talking about supergravity theory. Those are theories that believe in other dimensional planes. We're not talking about those. We're talking about a whole new theory. Sorry. <laughs> Just a whole new theory. But 
let, let me help you out. Hypothetically, just do something hypothetical. Let's just say hypothetically right now that there is another dimension right beside us that the black hole can slip over into and leave our universal plane. What does that mean? Well, let's do something simple. Take, take an aquarium and think of the water and fill the aquarium halfway full of water. Think of the water as the fourth dimensional plane. Think of the air in the aquarium as the fifth dimensional plane. Now, put a ball in the pond, I mean in the aquarium, the ball will float. It's sealed, okay? Not, a, not one with holes in it, but it'll float, right? But if you put more mass in the ball, it finally goes all the way down into the water and leaves the fifth dimensional plane. But let's go the opposite direction. Let's make that ball lighter and lighter than air and it's going to rise up like a balloon and go into the air and separate from the water. So it go both directions. Depends on the mass that's inside it. That's the important part. So let's think that of that ball as being a black hole that's touching the fourth dimensional plane and the fifth dimensional plane. Just put another universe right beside ours. Some people have a hard time with that, but there's a, like a million neutrinos go through your fingers every second. Do you notice it? Do you feel it? No, you don't. It's something like 65 billion neutrinos go through your body. 65 billion. You don't pay attention to them. The atoms are very, very, very far apart. And like science is like 20 miles apart from each other. If you go down to the subatomic level and get further and further, the atoms are not touching. It's like when you slap your hand on the table, it didn't, that's not a touch, that's a repulsion sound. All right? So you're, that is a repulsion. Your hand did not touch the table. The atoms pushed against each other. It really, if you get a microscope, you can see right through that they, they didn't touch. Your hand is not literally touching the table. It is a repulsion. It's like if you try to put two magnets together, they push away, north and south. They try to push away. Now, I hope that it, it kind of makes a little bit of sense. Now, let's do something simple. Just work with me. Take the black hole and give it mass, so much mass, that it separates from our dimensional plane and slips over into another dimensional plane. Was in our dimensional plane that we could see it, then it slides over. Now you can't see it. Now how do you understand that? Well, if you take a ball and you push it in the water, it's not actually right there. It kind of moves, shifts, like water refracts the light. So it's not there. Does that make sense? But if the water's dirty, you push the ball in, you absolutely do not see it. Well, let's go the other direction. You make it light and you take the ball up and make it go into the air because it's light. From the water, you can't see it. So from wherever you are, you cannot see the ball. So think of a black hole slipping over to another dimensional plane and you can't see it directly. You can see it indirectly. What does that mean? Well, if you take a ball and push it in 
the fourth dimension, which is the water, and you slide the ball where it's not quite touching the top of the water, you'll have a ripple in the water. Does that make sense? All right. Now, also, if you take that ball and shove it in real quick into the water, you have the, the water rushes in and slams against. So it creates a shock wave. But if you take the ball and yank it out, you cause another shock wave, a different shock wave, because you took it completely out. So think of a shock wave if a black hole left a dimensional plane. Also, so B stands for birth of everything again. What I am saying is that a black hole from our universe slid over into another dimension and created a wake in the galaxy, set the galaxy in motion, forced the galaxy to release energy, and caused a lensing. Now, what I am saying is that a quasar galaxy matches my theory in my paperwork. Quasar galaxy has a massive redshift, sometimes. And it's a double has a double lensing. In other words, you see two of the same galaxy, but they're different. But they're they're the same, but different. One's larger, one's smaller. You have a lensing. Also, the quasar galaxy have a, a super amount of energy release, which is unexplainable. Quasar galaxies are not explainable. We do not know why they have so much energy. But do something th- simple. Think about, take a gigantic ball and sit it in the, that aquarium that you have. Now take a whole bunch of little golf balls. I mean, not golf balls, ping pong balls that'll float on the top, right? Now, if you yank that big ball out, it creates a shock wave. The ocean water moves, or the the water in the aquarium moves outward and will affect each one of those balls. Set them in motion. Each one of those balls represents a star. Each one of those balls would have kinetic energy flow through the magnetic plasma that is in a star. It will set that plasma into motion because it's a space wave moving outward. Does that make sense? Think of a black hole sliding over to another dimension and no longer having gravitational attraction to all those Trillions of stars. Could be a 500 billion. Could be a billion. But it will set that galaxy into motion. And it will be a timeline. So what I am saying, B stands for the birth of everything again. A supermassive black hole leaves our universal plane and slides over into another dimensional plane and expands outward. It no longer has pull on it It is release. How do I explain the release? Think of an oil dropper. uh, Drop a little thing of oil on the water. Now, the dropper holds the oil until it, you know, the lightweight oil, till it touches the water. And once it touches the water, 
the oil stretches across the aquarium. It has pressure from the water, which is the fifth dimensional plane, has is the fourth dimensional plane. You have pressure from the air, which is the fifth dimensional plane, and the oil is the sixth dimensional plane. They're all three different, but they all three have an effect on each other. Does that make sense? I hope so. That's the way I understand how it works. Now, just do do something simple. You think about what would happen if you pulled a black hole out of our universe and slid it over, slide it over into another. Just just think about that logically. Don't go by what I say. See what you come up with. What happens to a galaxy? What will that galaxy change? How will that galaxy change over its lifetime? It's not going to be instantaneous. Light travels at 186,282 miles per second in the vacuum of space. And nothing is instantaneous. Not even gravity. Gravity's constant, not instantaneous. The moon affects our water. That, that moon has a pull in the ocean. We have high tide and low tide. has a gravitational effect. But it's not instantaneous. Also, our, our planet has an effect on the liquid plasma in a sun. That's how we see stars with planets around them. We have a dip in the wavelength. There's a transit. We know that a planet went in front of that star. We can't see the planet, but the wavelength drops, and we know it was interfered by a planet. We also can measure how big the wavelength is to know how big the planet is. So just do something simple. Have a black hole with a million sun's mass slide over to another dimension and is now free to expand to create its own dimension. It's no longer held in place. It's no longer squished on. It's a release of energy. Now, th- think about it. If, if that black hole is nothing but energy compressed, and now you release it, it's going to go, whoo, it's going to spread out fast. And you have energy, and it's going to be hot, and it's going to have to cool. Now, we talk about the Big Bang. My paperwork says there wasn't one Big Bang, but two. A merging of two universes, which created our one universe that we have today. Now, if I'm right, there could be a couple small mergings that created our one universe today. But right now, I can show you absolutely positively, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that we came from a merging of two universes. One force over here growing, another force over here growing, and they grow together. Finally, you can't tell the difference too much between two different forces. They create one force. So I say our universe was creation of two different universes, separate from each other, growing, gravitational attraction, and they merge. How is a way to understand that? A force growing. Also, 
galaxies. Our Milky Way galaxy was from emerging of another galaxy we gobbled up. And we also had the small Magellanic Cloud and the large Magellanic Cloud, which are galaxies. And one day they will join with us. Also, the Andromeda galaxy is falling toward us, and we're going to get larger again. So our Milky Way galaxy is going to grow and grow. It wasn't this big at the beginning. It got bigger by gobbling up other galaxies. And when they gobble up, it takes a long time for the merging to get completed. So think of our sun and the next sun to us, Proxima. It's 4.3 light years away. It There's a big gap. You can throw a couple of planets and stars in there. They're not going to bother us. We're, we're spread out really vast. To allow for emerging. It's kind of like thinking of a forest growing a really big tall tree. Then think of a forest and have a smaller tree. But then think of the grass growing. Think of all those different levels. That's what's happening. We have different levels. You, you know, like when you're flying in a plane, you can only see the, the big trees. You can't see the little trees. When you're in the forest, in a plane, you can't see the grass. You can't see the different levels, but they're there. Same thing with galaxies and dimensions. Now, what I say, B is, birth of everything again is another universe expanding, creating, and being born. It will take time for that universe to cool. It'll take time for that universe to have stars. It'll take time for that to coalesce for the stars to create galaxies. It takes time. And we will be able to see that galaxy grow over time. Why? Because we know that a quasar galaxy released a black hole. And the double lensing shows us direction that that new universe is moving and bending the fabric of space because it's matter. Matter bends the fabric of space. It bends the fabric of our space and you bend the light that's traveling in space. It's the same thing as when you go fishing and you see the fish. You look through the water. But if you go and poke a stick in there, you're not going to hit that fish. That light is being bent. You have to aim, let's say, Below, <laughs> because the light is being bent. You have to understand where you have to throw the spear to kill the fish to hunt. If you want to eat, you got to understand science. You got to understand that that water is bending the light from that fish. Does that make sense? Next time you're in in in, in a swimming pool or something, put your hand in the water and look at the light. Look at where your hand went in and see the difference. Or take a stick. You can see the difference. You know, just do yourself a little test and just, just recognize what things, how things are different. So I'm saying B, the birth of everything again, creates certain effects. 
And I actually have in my book, I explain what B is and I go into details. In my second book, going, I really got to get the second book out. It's done, but I had, had to reconvert it from uh, landscape design to portrait, which is messing up all my graphics. And I've been lazy trying to get it all redone. Um, but the Quasar Galaxy, I match. I matched a double lensing on the Quasar Galaxy. I said it would be a double lensing. I did not know, I'm going to tell you, I did not know that a Quasar Galaxy was out there. A friend of mine said, Clem, you're talking about a Quasar Galaxy. Ed was a friend of mine. And he goes, Clem, that's a Quasar Galaxy. I go, no, Ed, it has to have a double lensing. He goes, Clem, that's a Quasar Galaxy. I go, what? See, I don't know everything. <laughs> Other people got a lot of information. And he's like, no, Clem, that is a Quasar Galaxy. He showed me a Quasar Galaxy. It does everything that I say it's supposed to do. And when you have a Quasar Galaxy and you don't see a double lensing, that means that that gravity, that black, that, um, that black hole slipped over and is going away from the Quasar Galaxy. If you don't have a lensing, it's going the other direction. Does that make sense? It's going, it's going away from us. You, you can't see it. It's not coming toward us. A quasar galaxy coming toward us, you're going to be able to see the lensing quicker than going away from us. So knowing that the black hole slipped over to another dimension and caused a double lensing, that double lensing is showing you where B is, the birth of everything again. So that double lensing proves that B happened. There is no explanation for the double lensing. I explain what it is and why it's there. I also said that the stars would give off a super amount of energy because the kinetic energy wave traveling through would cause set the stars into motion, and it must release energy. It's a kinetic. It's a space wave. Kinetic energy space wave moving outward. It's going to reverberate throughout that galaxy. The, if the galaxy is 100, 100 light years away across, 100,000 light years across, well, that's the timeline that that wave is going to have to move. It's going to take time. And if that space wave, because we don't know with that space wave how fast it will be moving, but it's going to be a shockwave that is going to reverberate throughout the universe. And that shockwave, that space wave, will tell you the direction because that space wave will be interfered by the other, by B moving through it. That space wave is going to keep going and going and going. Now, we don't know how fast B will expand, but the expansion, as it happens, it's going to cool. That area is going to be significantly different. So that's what I'm saying is that there's a, another universe being created when a black hole leaves a universe. Now, let's say here's a black hole over here. It, it left the universe, our universe. Let's just go with ours. We lost a black hole over here. Here's a quasar galaxy, and there's another quasar galaxy, and there's another quasar galaxy. So let's say there's three of them that happen at almost the same time 
and there's supermassive amount of energy, another super amount of massive energy, another super, and they merge because they're close together. So they're merging and cooling and growing as one. And as they cool, they all will create stars and galaxies. All right. So I'm saying that B has a lot of effects and it'll be easier to map. I'm saying that B, there's three different stages in, in my paperwork um, of B. B will be a cooling stage, which is called Alex's uh, space. And then there's Angela's space and then Julian's space. So three different stages. One is nothing but energy and heat. The next stage is stars cooling and forming, which will just be stars. Cooling stars. And it'll be closer to the outer edge, not the inner edge. The stars will coalesce further out because it'll be cooler. All right, the, where, where it happens, you're still going to have heat. It's kind of like having a burning fire in those embers. Heat radiates outward and cools. So now there's no, it's not running around, you know, the atoms aren't running around like crazy. So in that area, the stars are going to form outward, and then as it cools, they're going to come inward. Now, as the stars are born, because you're going to have nebulas, Nothing but gigantic gas giants to allow stars to be born. When a star is born, now it has a gravitational attraction. It pulls more matter into it. Then another star does the same thing. Then another, then another, then another. So I'm saying that universes are created by a black hole. Yes, I am saying that. I am saying our universe came from another universe. Yes, I am saying that. I am not saying that we live in the fourth dimensional plane. I am not saying that we live in the fifth dimensional plane. When, you know, like the fourth dimension, space and time, Albert Einstein came up with, right? Now, he didn't invent, invent space and time. He just showed you how to recognize what it is. Okay? So we know what the fourth dimension is, space and time. But here's the thing. We must add matter into the equation. Now, if there's a fourth dimension that I say, and there's a fifth, I don't think we live in the fourth. I don't think we live in the fifth. I think our universal plane is at least the sixth dimensional plane. We could be the seventh or the eighth, but to me, we're, still, we're at least the sixth. What does that mean? Well, you got forward and backward, which is two-dimensional, 2D, right? 3D. What's 3D? You're sitting in the IMAX theater. You got depth. You don't have the fourth dimension sitting in the IMAX theater. You're just looking at a movie. You're not moving in that movie. Right? Does that make sense? The fourth dimensional plane is space and time. But it should be space, time, and matter. The fifth dimension, you still got forward, backward, left, and right, up and down. Space, time, and matter. Sixth dimension, forward, backward, left, and right, up and down. You still got space, time, and matter. But what you have is thinner space, slower time, heavier matter. Thinner space, slower time, heavier matter. The heavier the matter, it affects space. Space affects time. Time is not constant. We know that. 
matter bends the fabric of space. The faster you go, time slows down. Now, if now just think about this. Thinner space, slower time, heavier matter. You still got your fourth, the two-dimensional plane, the three-dimensional plane, but you don't have the fourth, you don't have the fifth, you have the sixth. Thinner space, slower time, heavier matter. So what I'm saying is that I'm adding matter into the equation. So you have heavier matter, you have lighter matter, you have heavier, heavier matter, you have faster time, you have slower time, you have slower time. Each one is different depending upon the matter that's in it. The, I hope that helps you a little bit. How, what's it, Okay, in my book I show you a Rubik's Cube. Uh, everybody, not everybody, but a lot of people play with Rubik's Cubes. Think about this in the simplest sense. Take a, a pencil and write four in a cube and then five. Four, five, four, five, four, five, four, five. Put four and five all around the cube. That one cube of space is a four. The next cube is a five. The next cube is a four. The next cube is a five. If you put four and five all around the cube and rotate the cube, it's still four, five, four, five, four, five, four, five. You still get forward, backward, left and right, up and down in space and time. But you have two dimensions right beside each other. They're connected. They interfere with one another as they go past. If you're rotating a Rubik's Cube with four, five, four, five, four, five, you're transferring energy from one cube to the next cube. You're sliding. You're creating friction and creating heat. So just think of the other dimension as sliding through us, creating some friction some heat, and transferring energy. Think of having a boat go across the water. That creates a wake. It moves stuff. Think of a black hole in another dimension dragging through our area of space. Move stuff. Put us beside each other, right next to each other. Separate but connected. A Rubik's Cube is separate, but connected. Think of the fourth dimensional plane and the fifth. Now, if you took and dropped in another cube right in between the four and the five and interfered with putting, put, putting a Rubik's Cube in a smaller Rubik's Cube and having it rotate in between there, you can connect Rubik's Cubes and still have them move four and five, four and five, four and five. So that's what I'm saying is I'm saying that B, the birth of everything again, is another dimensional plane. That was created. I say that we live in the sixth. So if, if we lost a black hole from our universe. And it slipped over to another dimension. That would be the seventh dimensional plane. So yes. I am saying there is a seventh dimensional plane. And I am absolutely saying that. A quasar galaxy released a black hole. Because quasar galaxies we look at. Do not have a black hole. They have a super amount of energy. They have a double lensing. And it's unexplainable. Quasar galaxy has more energy than all the other galaxies. I'm saying why that energy is there. It is a kinetic energy space wave movement outward. Affecting the stars over a timeline. So that quasar galaxy would just keep putting out energy. So that's what I'm saying. <laughs> so I hope and I didn't talk too fast. And I hope this helps some people. Um, but look me up, Keys to Unlocking the Universe on Amazon. I also have a couple of more podcasts that I did. I hope you listen to some of them. 
Um, I can't remember what they are, but there's like three or four of them about my theories on here. And um, also, before I go, um, I like to say, uh, please start studying. Man-made climate change is dangerous, dangerous, dangerous. People don't understand it because they do not study. Donald Trump does not know anything about the planet or about Mother Nature. He really doesn't. We've had the warmest, the last was the last 10 years, the warmest on records. We've been breaking records, records. We've had the crazy storms. We've had hurricanes. They're going to add a new classification. We're going to go up to category six. We, it, the weather's just going to get worse. The hurricanes are going to get worse. Here's why. The sun is in a low cycle. It does 11-year swing. Sun's going to start going what's called maxima, and that means more sunspots, more solar flares, and that's when we heat up. We're doing opposite of what the sun is doing. So when someone says man-made climate change is not real, you say, uh, what about the 1930 Dust Bowl? Anybody remember that? It only destroyed 60,000 acres. That was man-made. Oh, wait a minute. Where is there another one? Yes. The ozone layer. The ozone layer is a natural phenomenon. It's, it's, a, it, it's up in the Antarctic. Here's the problem. We put too much ozone up we, for refrigerant. We were using the wrong chemicals in our air conditioning unit, and we made the hole get bigger. So when someone says man-made climate change is not real, they're not very smart. It's been real a few times. I just gave you two. So do some studying. Trump doesn't know anything. The Great Barrier Reefs around... The reefs. The Great Barrier Reefs are dying and bleaching from the one degree rise in ocean temperature. That ocean temperature is dangerous. That, that is what fuels the storms, the hurricanes. Also, hurricanes will darken the ocean. The more storms you have, the more dirt you put in, the more the temperature will rise. So it's a domino effect. Also, the one degree rise in temperature means it's no longer freezing because it's too warm. The Antarctic is losing ice. Do not listen to people that do not know science. Listen to the scientists. They have been warning us for years about this. When Donald Trump said... What we need is more global warming because it was cold where he was. No, that is what's called a polar vortex split. Please quit listening to Trump. He doesn't know anything. Scientists have been warning us for years. When the polar vortex split, you're going to have more longer fingers and it's going to get cold, it's going to get hot. Going to get cold, going to get hot. So yes, there's an extreme in temperature. There's a reason for it. Listen to the scientists. Listen to the smart people. Not the very stable genius. They, there is no such thing as a stable genius. Except for Trump, because he's not a genius. So yes, he's a stable genius, because he's not a genius. Understand how dangerous man-made climate change is. And we must go solar. We must get better. We must change what we're doing. Do some studying. Do not listen to Trump. I got kids and grandkids. My kids are in danger. Your kids are in danger. We must work together. 197 countries around the world understand we have a problem. 
but not Trump. Even Pooty Putin didn't pull out of the Paris climate change. Only one country did, the United States. Republicans and Trump don't know anything. I have voted Republican and I have voted Democrat. Right now, I'm pissed as hell at the Republicans because, my goodness, they, what happened to them? John McCain was a Republican and Trump dishonored a prisoner of war. I'm sorry, I come from a military family. You don't pick on, you don't pick on them. They've been through hell. And you don't do it when they're dead. Trump is a disgrace. He does not represent me or my family. I'm a pissed off white man. Please start studying and paying attention. What Trump has done is wrong. Putting children in dog cages is wrong. So, do stuff. Speak out. You can't vote Republican anymore because there's not enough of them to stop what's going on. They don't care. I'll never vote Republican again. I'm responsible for some of the stupid people in. I only make mistakes once. We need to get off the planet to survive. We need to fix what we're doing wrong. And we need a better world. We do not need Putin controlling this country. This will become a dictatorship if we don't fix this. So, everybody out there, I hope you do your part. And I hope you tell people because this can't turn into Russia. won't turn into it. You know, so this is Clemens Kunkel, a.k.a. Super Professor. I got children book out. I got Mystical Truth Tales out. I got self-help Dream Your Dream book out. I've got podcasts out. I've got CDs out. So tell the world, you know, speak out, get heard, make a difference because we, we need to help the world. People are suffering around the world. Everybody's got to speak up. I speak up every chance I get. I, I'm, I'm done being nice. I really am. We need to fix this. Our children are in danger. You don't think so? Then let's have a debate. Because I know we're in danger. and Not to know that is just being stupid. So, anyway, everybody get out, speak, do something. You take care and be safe. If you're going to go against a Trumper, be ready to rumble because they, they just don't care about people. They want to bully people, and that's wrong. I'm definitely not the person to bully. So, if you're a Trumper and you want to come at me, oh, please do. I'm ready. Understand that. This is my country, too. Wake up. I'm a pissed off white man. You guys take care. Speak out. Make a difference. Be safe. Record everything.
have a good one.